Sunday nights we're studying the book of the Gospel of John, and so if you have a copy of God's Word, look with us to our passage tonight found in the book of John chapter 10. John chapter 10, and we begin reading with verse 1. In the New Testament, there are four books called the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John is different than Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Most of the material is different. New material, as John is laying the foundation, as he tells us, as we looked at, he's telling us he is writing this so that we will know that Jesus is God. And so one of the things John will do is give long discourses, uh, the talks that Jesus would have with people, or the arguments, the debates that Jesus had with people. And tonight we're going to be looking at one of those. As you're turning there, let me remind you what happened in John chapter 9. Jesus healed a blind man. The blind man gave his life to Jesus. The leaders, the religious leaders of the day, didn't like it. With that in mind, we find Jesus in chapter 10, verse 1, talking to them, talking to the crowds, and look what he says. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up somewhat of the way, he is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hears his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. A stranger they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech, Jesus spoke to them, but they did not understand what those things were which he had been saying to them. So Jesus said to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and is not concerned about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me. Even as the Father knows me, as, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep which are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will hear my voice, and they will become one flock with one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it again. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down. I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from the Father. A division occurred again among the Jews because of these words. And many of them were saying, he has a demon and is insane. Why do you listen to him? And others were saying, these are not the sayings of one demon possessed. A demon cannot open the eyes of the blind, can he? Pray with me. Father in heaven, what we've just read, there's so much material here to learn and understand. But Father, I pray tonight you'll help us to grasp it. Grasp, Father, the significance of it. As we look at our Lord Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As I said earlier, to understand this chapter, you have to understand chapter 9. Chapter 9, this man born blind, Jesus heals. The man didn't know who Jesus was at the time. You remember the story. Then he finds out who Jesus is, and he gives his life to Jesus. The religious leaders do not like it. Remember, they threatened the, the parents to be excommunicated. Anyone who said that Jesus is the Messiah, anyone who says Jesus is God, anything like that, they were going to be put out. And so now as Jesus is making this conversation, he's talking to this group, mainly the, the Pharisees, mainly the scribes, and he's going to tell them who he is. There's a lot in this passage. There's a lot here. But the bottom line is Jesus is looking at them and saying, look, I am the shepherd. Not only that, I am the good shepherd. Now, sheep need shepherds. Years ago, there was a story out of Turkey, Gathis, Turkey. Some people at a cafe were watching this one lone sheep came running and jumped off a cliff. Now, that was strange. But then what happened next was even stranger. Because next, 1,500 sheep followed. According to the local newspaper, 450 of the 1,500 sheep perished. Now, most of them were saved because they were falling on sheep. I guess it's soft landing. Okay, I don't know. But the people at the cafe were watching these sheep plunge over a cliff for one reason. They were following the sheep in front of it. That's what sheep will do. Sheep will follow. Sheep are dumb. If we have any sheep watching us online, and your name is Bubba. Okay. You had to be here this morning to even understand that. But sheep are dumb. The Bible calls us sheep. You and I. Because basically we're dumb. We need someone to guide us. We need someone to help us in this world. Here is Jesus talking to us, and he's going to make this incredible statement. He is going to say, I am the shepherd. I am the good shepherd. Now, this is one of those I am passages. In the book of John, Jesus is going to say, I am, seven times, and they understood what he meant. Jesus is saying, I am, and they knew he was talking about God because that's what's what, remember Moses at the burning bush? When he asked God, Lord, who do I say sent me? And God says, tell him I am. I am sent you. And so Jesus will pick up on that throughout the book of John and say, I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the vine. And the leaders knew what he was saying. He's equating himself with God. But the emphasis here is, I am the good shepherd. In fact, he says it twice. In this passage, two times, he says, I am the shepherd. He also says, I am the door. And they are connected. So tonight, let's look at this idea of the good shepherd. First of all, the good shepherd is the door of the sheep. The good shepherd is the door for the sheep. Look at verse 2. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hears his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Now look at verse 9. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pastures. Jesus is describing a very common scene in that day, the sheepfold. And there are two types of sheepfold in that day. You had one in the city and one in the country. 
One of the city was kind of like a barn, and, and the shepherd would call the sheep out. They shut the door. But in the country, it was a little different. You had this circle of rocks like a corral. That was the, and there was an opening for the sheep to come into the corral, and the shepherd literally would lie down in front of that opening. He would become the door. In order to get in, you had to go through the shepherd. And even as the sheep, the sheep are going into the corral, the shepherd would be there, usually with, his, with the staff, and he would be counting the sheep. They would go under. He would be sure that all his sheep are in there. And he would only let his sheep in there. Then he would lie down on the outside, and he would protect. Jesus is saying, I am the good shepherd, and I am the door. There are many people in our world, they're trying to find other doors for salvation. And there are no other doors. There are those who would like to see the door of philosophy. If I can just understand life, if I can understand man, if I can understand history, if I can just understand deep thoughts and I can have salvation, that doesn't save you. Then there are others that they want the door of religion. They they think, well, if I can just come up and, and understand the rules and regulations if I can just have the, the guidelines, and I can follow those guidelines, I can have salvation. Now, the problem is they pick and choose what they want. Now, they won't say that, but that's what they do. They look at all the different religions, and they find the one they like. But at the end of the day, it's still rules and regulations. That won't save you. And there are others who say, well, I'm looking for the door of salvation through positive thinking. And I'm all for positive thinking, but there's a philosophy out there of positive thinking that your thoughts can change you and save you. In fact, they call it the law, I think the law of attraction or whatever it's called, but that won't save you. Jesus said, I am the door. And he says it twice, verse 7 and verse 9. He said, I am the door, verse 7. And then verse 9, I am the door. You think if Jesus is saying something twice, he's trying to get our attention? The second time he says it, he makes it even more emphatic in the Greek. This is what it basically says in the Greek. He says, I am exclusively the door, the only door. Now, politically, in our politically correct society, people hate that word exclusive. Okay, they really do. How dare you say Jesus is the only way? Well, the reason I can say Jesus is the only way, Jesus said it. This is not a deduction from what he said. This is not an interpretation of what he said. This is not a hope of something he said. He said it. He said, I am exclusively the door. And Jesus said all the other religions and all the other philosophies are not going to get you salvation. And here's, here's how you think about this. You take every religion in the world, every religion out there, and you take Christianity, and there's really two differences. One difference, every other religion out there is based on teaching, and anyone could have taught that message. Think about it. Every other religion out there, whoever their leader was, you could have another leader teaching that same message, and it doesn't change the religion. You can't do that with Christianity. Only Jesus could say what Jesus said. Paul couldn't write this stuff. Peter couldn't write this stuff. Billy Graham couldn't write this stuff. 
No one can say the things that Jesus said except Jesus. Why? Because it's based on the person of Jesus. The other difference in religion, the religions are talking about do. Do this and live. Do this, do this, do this. Jesus is about done. It's done for you. So here's Jesus saying, I am the door. And to understand this, in verse 8, he gives the, the opposite. He said, all who came before me, the other teachers, are thieves and robbers. He said, all the other religious leaders before me, and I would say all the religious leaders after Jesus, other than Jesus, are thieves or robbers. That first word, thief, the word thief, the word klepto, we get the word kleptomania, is the idea of someone stealing something by being very cunning. This is someone who's very crafty. There are those out there, they're good teachers, and, and what they do is, they're good teachers in that they sound good. They have good personality and they have good charisma. They say things that you want to hear. They quote scripture out of context. They take the scripture and they twist it. Listen, please hear me. I say this so many times. Just because someone holds a Bible does not make them a biblical teacher. Just because they're on television, just because they have a podcast, just because they have a best-selling book does not make them a biblical teacher. Jesus called them thieves. They're crafty. They're cunning. They know what to say to convince you to believe them. Jesus called them a thief. The other robbers, the word is lestes in, in the Greek, it, it means someone who takes by force. He said there's some who, who they try it by power, physical power, political power, to make you believe what they want to believe. And Jesus said these two types of religious leaders out there, one is deceitful and the other is really dangerous. You know, it's been estimated about 10,000 false messiahs occurred a few years after Jesus uh, resurrected. And these false teachers were going out there giving a, a false message and trapping people. But Jesus said, look, there's only one door, and I am the door. And then he tells us the difference. Verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Here's what Jesus is saying. I am the door. If you come to me, I give you freedom. That's what he means by saying go in and out. Now, he doesn't mean you lose your salvation. He doesn't mean you give up your salvation. This is a, a Greek idiom. All it means is freedom. You see that phrase throughout the Bible, in and out. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 26, uh, 28 verse 6 says, Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed when you go out. It means freedom. Or the Psalm, Psalm 128, verse 8. The Lord will keep your going out and coming in from this time forevermore. What Jesus is saying, I am the door. You come into me, and I'll give you freedom. You have freedom. You're, there's no bondage in my world. I, I'm not going to put a heavy burden on you. I am going to make you free. I'm going to give you freedom. You're not going to be a slave to sin anymore. You're going to have spiritual power when you come to me. That's what Jesus says I can do. If you come to me, I will give you freedom. Now, please understand, this freedom is not to do what you want to do. This is the freedom you do what you ought to do. Big difference. And Jesus says, I will, get, I will have you come into me and you will be free. But then he says, not only that, he says you'll have the pasture, verse 9. That means fullness. You'll be satisfied. 
He says you'll come in and out, you'll be safe, and you'll have fine pasture. That means be satisfied. The pasture was a phrase meaning resources of life. Taking the sheep to the pasture said, hey, here, here you go. I have the resources that's significant. The psalmists talk about the green pasture. They talk about, you know, the, the, out there the sheep can live. Jesus is saying, if you come to me, I will give you the resources to satisfy you. And again, as I said this morning, does that mean you'll have no problem? Absolutely not. But you'll have the resources to handle the problems. Does that mean you'll never have storms in life? Absolutely not. You'll have storms, but you have the resources to go through the storms. What Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you freedom. You will be safe and you will be satisfied because I am the door. Secondly, the good shepherd gives security to the sheep. Gives security to the sheep. Again, in that, that society, they had that, they had that image. Here's this corral, and the shepherd is lying there at the door because he is the door. No one could get to the sheep unless you go through the shepherd. You ever heard that expression, over my dead body? That's what he's talking about. That was literally the shepherd's life. You're not going to get to my sheep unless you over my dead body. And the shepherd would defend the sheep from all the enemies, like thieves or robbers or wild animals. Nothing could get to the sheep unless they were more powerful than the shepherd. Okay? Nothing could get to the sheep unless they were more powerful than the shepherd. So you tell me who's more powerful than Jesus? No one. You know what that means? We have that security. There is nothing, no power can overcome us unless they can overcome Jesus, and no one can overcome Jesus, not even you. Our door is our security from the enemy. Satan can come, and he can try to steal us away, but he cannot. The world can come and try to steal us away, but the world cannot. Why? Because they are not stronger than Jesus. So spiritually, we have the Son of God as our door, and you better not mess with him. The good shepherd gives security. Third, the good shepherd loves the sheep. Loves the sheep. Look at verse 14. I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me, even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and as I lay down my life for the sheep. That's one of the best verses about the shepherd loving us. He said, wait, I don't see the word love there. Absolutely, you don't have to. Look at it again. You see, all shepherds love their sheep. That's one of the qualities of a good shepherd. Your relationship to the good shepherd is not theological, it's personal. Your relationship to the good shepherd is not practical, it's personal. Your relationship to the good shepherd is not philosophical, it's personal. That's what Jesus is saying in these two verses. You don't see the word love there, but you see a, a, a stronger word. He said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. In verse 14, I am the good shepherd, saying it again, and I know my own, and my own know me. That little word know in the Greek language is gnosko. It means knowing something with experience. Not something you learn in a book. In other words, Jesus say, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep personally. Jesus knows us. He knows all about you. He knows the good, the bad. He knows the past, the present, the future. He knows everything about you. Go back and look at verse 3. To him, the door, 
keeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. In Jesus' day, the average shepherd had about 25 to 30 sheep. Most of them were, were for wool, not for meat. And the shepherd would know every sheep by name. I'm not a shepherd, never been a shepherd. I know that surprises every one of you. But all sheep look the same to me. But I had a shepherd in my church one time. And he said, Pastor, every sheep looks different. It's kind of like I had another man who's a pig farmer. And one day he said, Pastor, you want to see my pig farm? I've never been to a pig farm. We got in his truck and we were driving around. He had 50 hogs. And he, was, he said, over there, that's a little bit. And over there, that's brownie. And over there. And I'm going, okay, you're, you're, you're pulling my leg. You know the names. No one knows the names of hogs. And he said, if they're your hogs, you know their names. Ding, 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 ding. Jesus knows our names. He's the good shepherd. He knows my past, and he still loves me. He knows my thoughts, and he still loves me. He knows my weaknesses, and he still loves me. There is such a freedom to this. He knows our names. And we go back and look at the Gospels. When Jesus calls out Matthew, he knew Matthew's name. When he called out Zacchaeus, he knew his name. When he called out Lazarus in a tomb, he knew his by name. When he said Mary, he knew her name. Remember what we said this morning? In the Bible, the names remit the character and the nature and the core of the person. Jesus knows all about us. Your shepherd knows you, and your shepherd loves you. But then he also says, the good shepherd dies for his sheep. The good shepherd dies for his sheep. Shepherds in this time period were willing to die for the sheep. That was the purpose. You know, I have to admit, when growing up, I would hear a shepherd story, and I would always think these shepherds were, you know, some, some little kid playing a harp somewhere. I didn't realize the shepherds of that day, these were powerful protectors. They were prepared to fight anything. They were prepared to fight lions and wolves. They were prepared to fight robbers. They were prepared to do anything. They were willing to die for their sheep. A, a real shepherd had to be born to the task. I mean, he was sent out to the flock early enough to know. The sheep became his friends. It became second nature. He didn't think of himself. He thought of the sheep. Now, you had people you hired, hirelings. They didn't care for the sheep. They were all about the money. And once there was danger, they would run away. But in Jesus' day, the shepherd was responsible for the sheep. In fact, if something happened to the sheep, you had to produce evidence that something happened to the sheep. So in the book of Amos, in Amos chapter 3, it talks about the shepherd loses a sheep. He'll bring a leg to prove that the wolf had got it. Well, you had to because you had to prove you did everything you could for the sheep. Or in Exodus chapter 22, it says, if a sheep be torn in pieces, let him bring it for a witness. But you had to prove that you did everything for the sheep because sheep, listen, they're dumb and they, they need protection. They may be the most defenseless animal on the planet other than a, a small baby. 
I mean, they can't run fast. They, they can't flee danger. They don't have claws. They don't have jaws. They don't have camouflage. They, they don't know martial arts like sheep kundo. They don't know anything. I mean, they're helpless, defenseless creatures. And you need someone to protect them. And that is the shepherd's job. And the shepherd was willing to die for them. Jesus said, I am willing to die for you. You realize we have three enemies? The Bible says we have the enemy of sin. That's our struggle within our nature. We need a shepherd to help us. Our enemy is Satan. Our struggle is against the spiritual forces, and he's real. You have the world. That's a system. So our enemies are sin, Satan, and the world, and Jesus will help us and fight. But Jesus died so we can have victory over them. Look at verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Again, we miss it in the English language because there's some definite articles there. This is what Jesus is saying. I am the shepherd, the good one. And that word good, and there's two Greek words for good. One, one is agathos. We get the word agatha uh, from it. That means just good, good, good person, good moral quality. That's all it means. The other word is the word kalos. Kalos means something that's beautiful, lovely, uh, goodness, moral goodness. That's the word Jesus uses here. So here's what Jesus is saying. He said, he's not saying, I am the good shepherd. I am the shepherd. I'm, I'm just a moral person. No, no. He's saying, I am the good one, the preeminent one, the lovely one, the beautiful one. I have everything you need. And saying the definite article, saying, I am the only one out there. There is no other shepherd out there. Jesus drew the line in the sand at that statement. Two times that definite article, I am the shepherd. I am the preeminent, excellent, lovely, beautiful one. I am the only one. There is no other shepherd out there. And if you understand what he's saying is, already Jesus has told the Jews that he, he was greater than Moses. Remember that? And he told him he was greater than Abraham. Who's the most famous shepherd in the Bible, in the Old Testament? David. Guess what Jesus is saying? I'm greater than David. He is establishing his superiority in Israel. And on top of it, he's claiming divinity, deity, I am. And all through the Old Testament, you see God being connected to a shepherd. Psalm 95, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our maker, for he is our God and the, we are the people of his pasture, the flock of his care. Isaiah chapter 40, he tends his flock like a shepherd. Psalm 80, God is the shepherd of Israel. And here is Jesus. I am the good shepherd. And I will lay down my life. Now now follow closely what I'm about to say. Verse 11, he says, I will lay down my life. There are several words in Greek for life. One word is bios. We get the word biology. That just means you're breathing. Okay. Another word is zoe. that, that, That means zest for life. That's not the word he uses here. Jesus uses the third word, suke. We, we translate it soul. It means the total person. This is what Jesus is saying. I'm going to lay down my life. I'm not just going to lay down my body. I'm not going to lay down just the zest for life. When I lay down my life, I'm giving everything I have for you. When Jesus died on the cross, 
He didn't flip a switch and went to heaven to escape the pain. No. He said, I gave it all for you. Everything I have, everything I am, I gave it all for you. I, was, I will be totally involved in the death. Jesus said, I am the shepherd, and I will lay down my life. Later on, in Matthew 20, 28, Jesus said, the Son of Man gives his life a ransom for many. Same word. He gives everything for us. I lay down my life. No one's going to take it, guys. That's what he's saying. Jesus' death on the cross was not an accident. Jesus' death on the cross was not a mistake. It was not taken from him. He gave his life freely for you and me. But there's one more item here. The good shepherd seeks out his sheep. Look at verse 16. He said, I have other sheep which, you, which are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will hear my voice, and they will become one flock with one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it again. He is not talking about people out of, in outer space. I heard this last year. Someone took this verse and said that their life of other planets, that's what Jesus is talking about. No. Who is Jesus talking to? The Jews. The Jews said the Messiah would come for the Jews. That's what they believe. Jesus is saying there's another flock out there, the Gentiles. The Jews never thought about this. Jesus is laying the foundation. Hey, guys, I came for you first, but there's another flock out there, the Gentiles. And they will be one fold. I came for the sheep. And the fold is larger than you think. Not just the Jews, it's the Gentiles. So how does that affect us? We're the Gentiles. Jesus came for us too. But it also affects us because it reminds us that we are to go out and enlarge the fold. There are sheep that we need to go get. There are people in Kentucky, in the south, in North America, in Europe, South America, Africa, Asia, there are people that need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because the good shepherd died for them, and he died for us. And we are to follow our shepherd, and as he came to bring sheep to him, our job is to go out and bring the sheep to him. So tonight, you may be here, you may be watching online, and you have never given your life to Christ. He is your good shepherd. He died for you. Will you give your life to him? If you do that tonight, or you want to do that, just text the word today, 270-398-5005, and someone will give you a call. Or maybe, there's another message here. Maybe God is calling you to go out. Maybe in mission work, maybe as a minister, maybe short-term mission work. Maybe it's just across the street when you get home. God is calling all of us to reach out to bring sheep into the fold. Would you stand and bow your heads? My Father, you are the amazing we thank you, Father, for the passage we just read as a reminder, Father, that our Lord Jesus is the good shepherd. And Father, we're sheep. We need him. We need to be guided. 
Father, we need to be protected. And so, Father, lead us. Lead us to become more like Jesus. Help us, Father, as we reach out into a lost world, that, Father, we will share the gospel of Jesus Christ. The only way to heaven, the only way to you is through Jesus. And let us not be ashamed. And so, Father, if there's anyone here tonight or someone watching online who's never given their life to Christ, let tonight be the night. When they come to you, say, Lord, I need forgiveness. I invite Jesus into my life. We pray this, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.